Stokes here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. I'm happy with that. Big chase there. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Today's show is proudly presented by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Uh, crazy couple of rounds of Supercoach, probably in a different manner to what we expected. Low scores across the board. Uh, a few nerves in the Supercoach community that we've paid overs for a bunch of players after last year's record-breaking season. Here to discuss round two of Supercoach with us, looking into round three and previewing that, is 2019 Supercoach champion Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, good, boys. Uh, I held true to my word and actually didn't make trades last week. You'd be proud of me. Um, but, yeah. Didn't have the best round, only 900-odd. Uh, chucked the C on Paps, actually, on that Thursday night game. Uh, a bit of a roller coaster that one, but didn't didn't end up hurting me too much because I would have gone for Fida anyway, who scored about the same. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a wild round. It, it, low scoring again, but no shortage of entertainment, that's for sure. Desi, your fingers must have been shaking all weekend trying to hold off pulling the trigger on any trades. I have never seen you do that. <laughs> Actually, there was just no one I really liked other than Harry Grant. As I said last week, he was the only one who scared me and he, he showed us why. But yeah, the, the, I don't really have my eye on too many massive pods it's too early on this season just because the scoring's so low. So no one's really doing much damage to hurt you rankings-wise. Good to see we're, we're getting a more composed, more matured Supercoach player in Desi Creek this season uh, by the early looks. I won't count my chickens too early, but he's looking all right. Also joining me is a fella who missed last week's podcast and the SC Playbook community were into me. Where's the spy? Where's the spy? I'm a little bit worried the power's going to his head. He's getting a bit, bit too big a reputation for himself. Uh, spy, mate, how are you? Boys, uh, good to be back. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's too late, mate. Power's gone to the head, so you just have to... <laughs> Have to man manage me as best you can. Um, <laughs> good weekend had. Um, I scored just over a thousand. It was just one of them weeks. I was really solid. No one really let me down outside of the Tigers boys. But Sunday was pretty low scoring anyway. Um, pretty good week. Jumped about fifty thousand spots as happens at this time of year um, into sixteen thousandth or something. So pretty happy with where I am after two rounds. Um, actually on the road this week. Got a bit going on, so I dropped into Canberra Raiders training today and ran into my main man, Geordie Rapana. So any day I say Geordie Rapana uh, is a good day in my book. So uh, get around him. What a legend. Very good stuff, mate. This, the rap will surely be coming to the Spies team this week. Anyway, nah. one thing we love about the Spy, he does think with his head, not what he, with his heart when he comes to Supercoach. Kuma Stallions, 970 points, so a good bounce back week. Just on the Spies bounce back week, a good lesson there. He didn't panic round one, nor should Supercoaches who owned Roosters players after round one as we saw them bounce back. We said it all last week. Don't panic. They'll come good. Uh, and it was like that with them and a lot of other players. So a yeah, better week for the Stallions and, and moving up in the rankings as a result of that one. On today's show, we'll go through the major Supercoach talking points from today's team news. We're going to have a good chat about the scoring we've seen in the opening two weeks of Supercoach. Scores have been low. Is this going to keep this way? If it does, what does it mean to our Supercoach teams and our future trade plans? What do we do? Massive, massive topic there. We'll drop. We'll talk about the hot topics of the week as we do each and every round. Talk about our trades and skippers for round three. A few listener questions, all the good stuff there. Let's get stuck into the major team news. Spy Nathan Cleary, probably... 
Not surprisingly named on the extended bench. The Panthers did say that he was due back in round four. Uh, so not surprised seeing there this week. What What is your take on that? If he does come in this week, is he a chance of coming to your team or what are your plans with Nathan Cleary? I want him ASAP, that's for sure. Um, I think just the way the way the comp's going, Penrith still have all that momentum and they just live on territory. They live inside that 20-metre zone. Cleary will just continue to accumulate. He'll kick goals. He'll force repeat sets. He'll score tries. He'll set them up. He just does a bit of everything. So... I can't wait to get him in and until such time as Tommy Turbo turns that corner, which no doubt he will, Cleary, I think, your best locking captain once back and healthy. So I think realistically I'll give it the weekend, um, just make sure he returns and looks okay. But I've got no, I'm have got not against anyone going early if he ends up in that final squad. I think he, I want him in ASAP. In saying that, the halves are absolutely stacked. I want Nico Hines as well. He's just on fire, I think. Um, Similar boat to Cleary Hines in that he just accumulates. He does a bit of everything. So uh, then we've got Sammy Walker sitting there. So plenty of halfbacks, uh, which is exciting. I think it's good for the game when halfbacks are flying. But Cleary, uh, he'll probably pip a lot of them in terms of priority for me. Beauty, mate. Two minutes into the podcast and Spice just covered every halfback and 5'8 in Supercoach. Cleary playing the Knights this week, who surprisingly an awkwardly difficult uh, uh, matchup this week, which we probably didn't suspect it. That is, if he plays, of course. I should say Penrith playing Newcastle. Round four, the Bunnies. Round five, the Bulldogs into the Broncos, into the Raiders and Titans. So I reckon round five is probably that week to get Cleary. Uh, probably not any, well, there aren't any price differences likely by then, or there may be one one price change. But uh, that's when the draw will open up. We'll get a bit of a look at him coming back from injury. Desi Creek. As a non-Harry Grant owner, Brandon Smith named on the extended bench for the Storm. Uh, really annoys me this. You know, just you know, meant to be out six weeks, whatever it is. One week out, oh, now he's back on the extended bench. Like, just be transparent with it, with us. And not even just super coaches, but rugby league fans. Jeez, clubs make it hard. Uh, mate, a surprise to see him named so early. How does this, I suppose, not only affect uh, – the teams have just dropped, so I'm thinking out loud a little bit here. Not only affect Harry Grant – but even affect probably Josh King there as well at the Storm, who's going to be a popular buyer this week, mate. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't see it affecting Harry Grant that much, to be honest. I think he's just going to play 80 minutes at hooker for the rest of the season. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's just absolutely on fire. He's tearing it up. Um, he's just so much better than anyone else in that position, um, which makes him pretty much a must-have, I think. But, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm still considering not getting him. Which is crazy, but because um, I really like styling. Um, but yeah, I, I I think she's still probably be a few weeks off yet. Not too concerned. Spy, I think you're like me, also a non king owner at this stage. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know speaking off here that he's, he's in our trade plans or our preliminary trade plans at the moment, mate. That's got to be concerning. Look, it definitely is. Um, there's a chance, obviously, King might go elsewhere in the pack. I'm not sure. There's a bit of talk he could play prop potentially, but it's certainly a worry if you know he comes back. You, you don't want to spend that trade and then you realise he's back to a bench roll. Um, might be a bit of a punt to do it. I'll check his break even and make a call. Uh, just quickly on Brandon, though, I think it goes two ways, his influence on Harry Grant. Harry will get more clean running of the ball because every time Brandon carries that footy, mm. he has one of the quickest, quickest play of the balls in the game and Harry will just go off the back of it. So he's going to help Melbourne dramatically and Harry and everyone and Munster for that matter. He'll just follow on from there. Uh, but there is some concern that potentially takes a few minutes off him. Uh, but like Des said before, I think just based on last week, Harry played just shy of 80 minutes 
uh, first game back in a long time. Uh, it's obviously good signs for us the season there for Harry, and I think Brendan helps him with that with his running game. Mm, those uh, team lists give me plenty to think about because Josh King becomes an issue there if, if Brendan Smith, even if he doesn't play this week, I mean, if he plays, he probably starts. They're not going to rush him back. Um, and I don't see the point of playing him 20 minutes when you can play him 50 minutes. You know, if he's good to go, he's good to go. So that's going to impact King's minutes a big time. So any a bit to play out there before uh, we get to later in the week. Anyway, Braden Trindle named on the bench for the Sharks. No surprise there on return from suspension. Simpkin benched at the Tigers. Jacob Little also returning early from injury, starting at hooker for the Tigers. Kelma Tuolungi out with HIA. The five-day turnaround, not good for for him uh, and in his prospects of getting back. He'll be back the following week. Hopefully it's as a starter. We'll see what happens there. Desi, Angus Crichton benched at the Roosters. Big news because he is a guy that owners are banking on him playing 80 minutes. It doesn't mean he can't go well in 65 minutes, but mate, they, they've chosen Nat Butcher, the, the two-try hero from last week, to start. If you're an Angus Crichton owner, are you selling after two underwhelming weeks and now benched? Yeah, it's a very, very tough one. I, I really don't like Angus on anything but 80 minutes. Um, and he, he just wasn't getting the ball much at all. Um, I think that they have South this week, so that's a pretty tough, tough matchup for him. Um, but yeah, it's he's what 650k, so he's a hundred less than Fafita. Um, yeah, so he, he definitely is like under consideration, the sell consideration. But I think I think he'll come good, to be honest. If I owned Crichton, it'd be a very reluctant sell. Not a must sell, but I just you know, um, just the price point he's at. He's I think he's about six hundred and fifty k at the moment. Six hundred fifty three k this season. Break even one hundred and five. He's got a forty five in his rolling average for a couple of weeks at least. So uh, a few issues there. Not a must sell, but gee, it makes it a tough one to swallow there after a slow start. Non owners licking their lips because he should be very cheap uh, in a few weeks' time when the Roosters draw softens up a little bit as well. Provided he gets that starting spot back. Uh, and again, watch late now because there's every chance that he could start come game day. Spy, Brian Toe out six to eight weeks. Although what we've seen with him in the past, a la at the end of last season, it probably means he's back next week. So tread with caution. But from what we've been told, six to eight weeks out, Talion May has edged Robert Jennings for that wing spot at the Panthers. Uh, the le- Provided he does play left wing, you would assume he will, but it could be Charlie Staines and switch over. I don't know what May's preference is there. 250K, golden position in Supercoach, that left Penrith wing. Mate, where is he in your plans? Would you go this week? Are you waiting to that third week? What do you reckon? Mate, can't wait to get him in. Um, I'd probably, I may even do it this week for someone like Sean Russell. The logic behind that being that next week I may have things I want to do, so I might as well get the obvious one out of the way first. Um, I assume, I don't assume, I hope he holds his spot. If he's named, it's obviously he's earned the right to that left wing. He's a young fella, so I'll probably plug him in and and keep my options open for the weeks ahead. But there's no dramas there waiting a week or two just to make sure he looks the goods and holds his spot. But great news for Supercoaches, that one. I've seen a little bit of May, done a bit of digging into him, and and he's a powerful ball runner, not sort of too unlike Brian Toto, obviously not to the same standard yet. But again, he's a young player, He'll bust tackles. He should rack up a lot of runs and have decent base. You know, add a few tries into that, and, and he could be you know four fifty k in a flash. Really super coach friendly game. So an exciting one there. Uh, if you can wait, wait. I don't think there's a point in going too early on him, but an exciting one to keep in our black books anyway. Kalen Ponga back for the Knights. Schneider, Brad Schneider at the Raiders returns in the halves following a bout with COVID. 
Tommy Starling, again, obviously number nine at the Raiders. His stocks have risen significantly with news of Josh Hodgson suffering an ACL injury, playing his last game for the Raiders. A very sad way to go out for Hodge, but he'll stay, still play a big role for them. Matty Frawley named as bench hooker. Uh, Frawls has, who hasn't played a lot of hooker during his time, has been training at hooker during the preseason. So, you know, you'd suggest he takes maybe 15 or so minutes off Tommy Starling. I see Tommy probably being a 65-minute player going forward. Desi, you're having a little bit of a hooking conundrum at the moment and aren't exactly sure which way you'll go. Tommy Starling, at definitely a value proposition and definitely will make money. Does he entice you? Boys, he's coming in. Absolutely. Uh, the, the conundrum's <laughs> over because as of five minutes ago, <laughs> Harry Grant is out with COVID. So... Starling is Starling's coming straight in. Harry is frustrated. No. out, so what, the decision's been made for me. I've I got pretty lucky on that one, I think. Are you pulling yeah. my leg after I G'd you up last year no, or not? No, Harry's no. out. Because I'm still waiting for retaliation. He's gone. I can vouch for this because I'm the one that told Des in the side chat here. He's gone. Gone for the week, Harry. So that's a oh, shame. So anyone, no. anyone have to bench him for the week. Tom- he was going to be my captain too at this stage. Tommy Starling's looking better oh. by the day. That is so gut wrenching. Oh well, we're well. I'm rattled for the rest of the podcast. And we're about five <laughs> minutes in, so oh, damn it. Um, all right, look, so we've got to regather the thoughts now after that news. Um, may as well just can it there. I'm, I'm too off. But anyway, <laughs> boys, let's move on. Guys, if you're interested in the SC Playbook subscription package, $30 for the season, $40 if you want our NRL AFL Big Bash package for 12 months. Gives you access to stacks of extra articles every single round of the season. Eligibility to win our major unlimited group prize. A few credentials for us. We top finished the top three overall ranked last year in Supercoach for all subscribers to SC Playbook, while our in-house league finished first out of 17,000 leagues. Uh, guys, our WhatsApp group going off for everyone in there, the subscribers, of course. Uh, for anyone who missed it, I meant to announce it on last week's podcast, but along with the contributors and subscribers group where we sit in there and answer your questions and give feedback and the community can, can chat to each other, going gangbusters, we've also created a contributor-only group where the SC Public subscribers are in it but can't comment. So it just gives you a little bit of an insight into our thoughts each week, our chat, uh, things going on um, just amidst all the, all the messages in the other group. If you are in a subscriber already and are in that the subscriber group, just search it and search Bump, and then that'll take you up to one of the links that I've dropped you in there to go into our contributor-only group. If you're in neither of those, email supercoachplaybook, all one word, at gmail.com with the email you use to subscribe to the site and your mobile number, and I'll add you into those. Fellas, let's get stuck into our first topic of the week, uh, and that's around the low scoring that we've seen this season. Is there enough evidence yet to suggest a return to pre-2021 scoring is going to continue. If so, how will this change our super coach approaches? Does this mean that every player is overpriced? Does this mean dual CT dub back row is going to be more important? Does this mean we chase uh, based up forwards as opposed to high ceiling CT dubs? Spy, I'll start with you, mate. It, it's it's so significant because it's going to shape our trades going forward. And I think uh, if it is going back to pre twenty twenty one scoring where we saw records smashed. Um, it can make or break your season the way you approach it early on. Yeah, it can, mate. Um, I think before I get too far into it, the biggest thing is just exercise patience. And what I'm looking to do at the moment is just look for value. 
any trade I do will need to be someone making money or looking good from a points points viewpoint um, without really stretching that budget and targeting someone with massive upside this early that I might not have. Uh, for example, if it was 2021 again and Turbo and Manly and everything were going mad, you might bring Turbo in early, but it's a classic case of just waiting now. Let's just wait to see how he looks, how Cody Walker looks, all of these guys. Cleary might be an exception, but you can wait on Cleary as well just to see how he's going to look. Um, I think patience is absolutely critical. <clears throat> I think it might find some mid-ground between last year and the year before. Um, you've got to remember that it's been very, very wet on the East Coast. Footy grounds will be so soggy underneath. There's blokes falling over. But on top of that, from a pure footy perspective, the balls have probably been pretty slippery as well, which means you just can't transfer it as quickly. Um, wingers, centers don't get as much pill. Halves don't get as clean ball. So it, that's naturally going to drag scores down. It's a little bit different. If it's been dry for six weeks and then a storm comes through, the grounds deal with that, no dramas, but it's been relentless. So I think we can get some drier weather over the next month, although I know it's meant to be wet in Sydney again this weekend. You might just see an evening out of things. As well as that, I just I actually asked the Raiders boys today just to get their thoughts. Someone made a really good point that it's also early in the season. Sides are fired up. So if you add in that wet weather, slow ball movement, each, each teams are up for it defensively. Depth of squads is yet to be tested. So they made the point that as the season goes on, you might find depth being tested. It's been a couple of years of basically no reserve grade footy. Young blokes haven't developed, but they're going to have to come into sides and, and play. And you could find sides pretty decimated with that lack of depth. That's mm. when we'll be able to jump on and go, all right, let's get guys playing this side and this side. So I think it's all about patience in that regard. Let's see how it unfolds, but just don't do anything too crazy yet. Build your bank, accumulate points and move from there would be my thoughts on the back of all that. Good point all around, mate. And uh, I take your point that uh, maybe maybe we don't see as regular blowout score lines where there's 40, 50 nils and, and 40 to 30 score lines and that sort of thing. However, as you said, with that, the great point about the New South Wales Cup players and the lower grade players not getting footy the last two years into them, COVID hits, injuries hit, ACLs are already wreaking havoc in the competition. There is going to probably be occasions where we do have these blowout score lines because Desi... The rules haven't changed too significantly. The way I'm interpreting it after two rounds is that they've, they've made a minor tweak to the six-again rule with the inside 40-metre penalties being given, but it's probably more that the referees are restraining giving away too many of the six-agains, which is changing things a little bit. The other thing is it's two rounds in, and, and as the spy sort of touched on there, teams are clunky. It takes time to get this attack going uh, and find their rhythm, particularly with new players at new clubs in key positions. Desi, what are your thoughts on it? And... And if you're in the boat where you're sort of thinking, all right, we're, we're going closer to pre-2021 scoring, does this mean that every player in Supercoach, or generally speaking, every player in Supercoach, mainly the attackers, the big spine players and the big sort of CT-dub wingers and that sort of thing, are significantly overpriced and need to be sold? Where do you sit on it? I think so, yeah. I think I made my, my thoughts pretty clear uh, pre-season that um, we just didn't have a big enough salary cup. Players were overpriced. Um, Turbo is just ridiculous, ridiculous amount of money. But um, I think this week's a big week to sort of settle my mind on whether scoring is going to stay low because we've got Turbo against the Dogs and we know what he did to them last year. So if he if he does half as much this year, I mean, the Dogs are a changed team. They, they look a bit better. But I, I still think Tommy has the propensity to sort of go 150 against them. 
Um, so if he, if he does do that, I can I can see scoring rising up a bit from what it's been. But I think Spies right. It's it's somewhere in the middle. Um, and yeah, like like you said, I think second second row center wing jewel is going to be absolute gold, like it was in 2019 and 2020. Desi, so let's talk Tommy Turbo, and then we'll we'll talk about Dave Defeater in a minute, but. Really awkward position for, for owners to be in because break even of about 308, which is just mind blowing, isn't it? So 1.25, 1.256 million dollars games against the Bulldogs, Raiders, Knights, Titans, Sharks coming up. It's a really good draw. Then actually goes Bunnies, Tigers, Broncos. You want Tommy Turbo in your team for this time. The way I see it, mate, is a, a trade's valued. We've always valued a trade at approximately 100 thousand dollars minimum. Um, Tommy Chaboy, which we know is going to be coming back into our teams, but mate, he could drop three hundred grand in two weeks. So I, I, I personally think that it's a hard one to cop, but I think he has to be sold, and I think there's value in doing it and not worrying about burning trades. Where do you see? Yeah, it? I, I think you can definitely sell Turbo. Um, I think we'll see him drop from one point two mil to maybe even under eight hundred k over the next month. Because um, yeah, the draw does look good, but we. As we said, we just don't know what these teams are like. A lot of teams look a bit different to me um, so far. Um, whereas for feeder, he's probably only going to drop from 750 to maybe 600, 650k. He's he's only going to drop 100k, whereas Turbo could drop 500k, which would just be absolutely crippling to the bank. So I, I think Turbo is probably a sell. I said it last week even, but even more so this week. Against the dogs, it's really tough to do, but... You've just got to you got to think economically, and and if you do sell him, you know you, you have to be willing to cop that he could come out and go one fifty against the dogs. It is what it is. It, you know, it's every likelihood. Spy, where do you sit on Tommy Trebojevic and Dave Fafida? I will note also that Tommy Trebojevic has a thirty nine in his three round rolling average. So, a quick note for any rookie super coaches out there. We obviously get first price changes after a player's played three games, not the competition being round three, a player playing three games. For example, Reese Walsh won't change price after this week because he's only played one game so far. Um, and it works on a three-round average. So your last three scores brings out a magic number known as the break-even, and if you get higher or lower than that, it dictates what your price does. Tommy Trebojevic's most recent score is 39. So that low score is in his three-round average for a few more weeks to come. Spy, Tommy Turbo, Dave Fafida, what, what would you be doing with them as an owner, by the way? Yeah, it'd be – it's a reluctant sell on Turbo. Um, just as everything I just said before about value and making sure you got mm. got your kitty ready to go uh, for the year ahead, which would be a long season, just suggest you have to sell him. Even more so, just looking at the Sydney forecast, it's going to monster down rain again yep. all weekend. Brookie will be wet, so that makes it an absolute no-brainer for me. Uh, on top of that, the doggies are they're defending okay. They might not have played incredible sides yet, but dogs they're pretty war, resilient. Baby. Yeah, dogs are war. They're back, but they're pretty resilient at the moment. So looking at that weather and the break evens and and how the competition's unfolding, you have to sell him if you get it, if you need to get him back in a couple of weeks. So be it, but get rid of him. Um, sadly for turbo owners and for feed, I'm not so sure on yet. I am. Um, I'm looking to sell him just to basically free up some cash, make some money and get set for Cleary. So I'd say I probably will, but there's no need to sell him. You don't, there's no need to go, oh, I have to get rid of Fafita. He could easily knock out a ton this week. Um, and you could only think they're going to be working at training to get him some cleaner ball and and work on their combinations. But 
I just think I probably f- prefer Cleary. Um, and if Fafita was to drop a bunch of cash while I was waiting those few weeks, I'd probably have the shits a little bit. So I'll probably try and sell him, but he's not a must sell. If you want to hold on, there's no dramas there at all. And he could be a nice yeah. little semi pod uh, if you do help. Yeah, just to clarify, Spy is not a turbo owner. That was hypothetical in that sense. For me, I'm with you, obviously. Definitely a sell for turbo, albeit reluctant. For Fafita, I just think, I think his break even's 128, thereabouts. Could could do it this week. Could get fifty um, on that whole premise of you know a trade being worth hundred k or whatever. He's going to be a must have again at some point. So you know if he drops hundred fifty k, so be it. Certainly not ideal, but at the end of the day, I don't want to trade him out and trade him back in for the sake of one fifty. You know maybe pushing two hundred grand. Um, if shit hits the fan and he goes lower than that, I'll cop the loss and so be it. But I'm not willing to spend two trades on him. However, I do see the spies argument in in freeing up money for Cleary and Turbo down the track. Um, in that sense, you know, maybe it makes sense, Spy. Yeah, and it might be that in my eyes, I'm back to what you just said. I might not be able to get Fafita back for quite some time. I'd be I'd be targeting those, you know, the fullbacks, Nathan Cleary, and maybe I plug in someone a, a 500k back rower who's going to do the job for me uh, without Fafita's upside. There, there's going to have to be compromises this year as it stands, and that might be one of mine. Guys, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial, and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the last rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521-1611 today. And mention, make sure you do it, SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Uh, they are genuinely awesome fellas and worth chatting to. And at the end of the day, it's free, free consultation. So you're mad if you don't. Give the boys a buzz today. Boys, hot topics for this week. Harry Grant is a must-have. Lol jokes, he's got COVID, so don't even worry about it. Moving on to number two, Desi. Is Max King a must-have at the Bulldogs? Not the Storm, at the Bulldogs. 188K, punching out some of the best base stats and work ethic I've seen in a while. Uh, must-have, mate, or any argument to not own him? Not a must-have. Uh, I don't think, yeah, anyone, anyone who's can't really score above 50, 60 points is, is not a must-have. He's going to make a lot of cash, um, but there's there's other options. Uh, Taylor May, you could you could bring him in this week, as the Spy is probably going to do, but I think he looks really solid. He's a solid, like, you could probably play him in the, in your 17. Um, he's, mm. he's more, he looks more solid than guys like Bullimore, that's for sure, who's uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't pan out for owners this week. Um, but yeah, I think I'll probably end up playing him in my 17 this week. Spy, there's a question which I'll jump to from down the bottom uh, from Glenn Smith, and it's a good one. For those that do own Max and Josh King, same scores in round two, which, what, which King would you play if you were forced to pick only one in your 17 this week? Uh, and then I suppose your thoughts on the pair, mate. Mate, firstly, Des. We're having a little little dis- dispute here, if we will. It's been a while. I've been All missing right. it. But Max King would be the most must-have player of the year. What? He's about, <laughs> to make he's about to make 150 to 200K over the next month. He's $180,000. If you don't have one trade just to bring him in and make that cash, you're a madman. So if you don't own Max King, get him in. He's a gun. <laughs> and, if he's, and if his minutes go up, he'll turn into a bloody keeper from there. Jeez, he's good. Um, so just get Max King, guys. <laughs> As I didn't say don't get him. I, I just said he's not a must-have. There's, there's very yeah, no. yeah. I mean, must-haves are your keepers, not not ju- must-have. Must-have for money. Must-have. Okay. For money. Yeah. 
Um, but he, it's blasphemy. Max is a must-have. Yeah, he's Get a him in, boys and girls. <laughs> um, that was a bit of fun. Anyway, on to who I'd play. Uh, well, now that Brandon's potentially back, we assume Brandon Smith doesn't play, and we'll know by kickoff, obviously. Um, I'd probably want Josh King in my side just because of those minutes. He's playing really big minutes at the moment. You don't quite know what Max will do, and if he has a semi-quiet game in limited minutes, could hurt you a little bit. Um, so I think in the short term, it's Josh King whilst still starting. I love how the spy is such a nice bloke that he has to politely introduce to debate rather than just launching into Desi. <laughs> <laughs> Too nice a bloke, mate, despite all the stick that we give you. Um, Jeremiah Nanai spy, really, really interesting one. I brought him in last week for Ryan Madison uh, with Maddo being out for a while. Uh, it was a funny one. He was on track for about 20 points despite playing 80 minutes and just generally looking awesome. Raw as hen's teeth. There was there was drop balls. There was missed tackles. There was a spectacular try that he scored, which boosted up his score. He had about negative 19 or something points in his score, so not as bad as it looked. Uh, the fact that the Cows won the game, good for his job security. He looks like a good footballer. Unfortunate injury to Mitch Dunn for the season uh, will be good for his his job credentials. What's your take on Nanai, mate? Because it's a lowish break even, but nothing too ridiculous. I'll, I'll get it up here in a second. Um, I'm a happy owner, and and I like what I'm seeing in Nanai, uh, but but he's he's an interesting one to cop. Uh, break even twenty two, so the trade doesn't have to be this week. What did you make of him? He was a funny one, wasn't it? As you mm. said, he was all over the place. Rora's hands teeth is spot on. He um he looks so good with the the line he runs that little in and away line. Uh, Jackie White did a good job on him, but he's going to score some meat pies out of that. Um, he's very talented, great ball runner. He had three errors and 11 missed tackles. He nearly scored a hat-trick. <laughs> he was in everything. Um, short answer for me, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks just to see how things unfold, but I think he could very well be part of my side in the coming month, just just plugging him in as a bench player, backup player. Uh, but not just yet. Let's just see what happens. Those 11 missed tackles maybe are a concern. Yeah. Maybe he gets reduced minutes as a result of that. So I think you just hold off for now if you don't yet own. I tell you what, he's a fun player to own because he's, I wouldn't say in everything, but every time he touches the ball, he's dangerous. He looks to get involved. Uh, and you nailed it there. Jackie White was on him last week, one of the best physical, physically speaking defensive halves in the game, and he shut him down really well on a number of occasions. Desi, a bloke who's shot to relevance in recent weeks, Peter Hiku, 37 in base thus far this season, averaging 69 points per game, negative 19 break even, price is about 360 to 380K there. Uh, very popular buy this week. Can he keep it up, and, and is he a realistic buy? I've actually owned Hiku in the past in Supercoach. Um, I think I had him in 2019, uh, if I recall. But, um, yeah, so he, he does have a, a conducive game. He's got tackle boss. His, his work rate seems to be up, the break even. I, I can see why people would buy him, but I'm mm. I'm probably not going to go near him. He screams a trap to me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, the stats are speaking for themselves. But I, I haven't even noticed him when I'm watching the games, to be honest. But um, yeah, the stats are speaking for themselves. So if you want to bring him in and get a price rise, but he's just not going to be a keeper. Yeah, the the Raiders flattered the Cowboys on the weekend, and for that reason, I'm not convinced on the Cowboys at all. I want to chase, you know, the, the CT dubs from better sides. That being said, the Cowboys' draw to start the season is a dream. Broncos next week, then Roosters, Warriors, Raiders, Titans. So, 
you know, feasibly you could get him in as a cash grab, get hopefully get to around 500k, and then move him on to a fallen gun like Ruben Garrick or Alex Johnston. What's your take on him, Spy? I was going to say the exact same thing. You could plug him in short term. He'll make mm. you some cash. If he keeps it up, then you're set. Happy days. If not, you just move him on. Um, and just from a trade viewpoint, that's it's only one extra trade you're using to do that. So generally speaking, you might have a player that you're going to upgrade to, say, a, a really good centre. That's going to be your one trade. If you go via Peter Hicku on the way, that's just one extra trade you're using. You might make 100k. Or he could turn into a keeper. I mean, he averaged 56 a couple of years ago. Not sure mm. how many games, but as Desi said, he is pretty conducive to how he does it. Cowboys are playing some, a pretty good brand of footy, so I'm not against it. Um, I'll have a look into him later in the week because if you can make quick cash off people and score some points, not a bad way of going, potentially. Desi, Tony Staggs, certainly one of my preseason picks. Uh not getting the clean ball we sort of thought he would. Thought he might get a bit better with Adam Reynolds back. Bases down, involvement down. Averaging just 28 points. One of the more sold players this week at 433k. Are you an owner? And if you are, what are you doing with him? If you're not, hypothetically, what would you do with him? Um, yeah, I am an owner of Stag, so I, Yeah, he's just not He's not looking to get involved. Um, but as we saw, one little flick, flick through the legs pass from Adam Reynolds and he's over. But, yeah, unfortunately, he dropped that ball. A lot of heads in hands from super coaches um, after oh. that one. But, yeah, he would have got, what, 60, 70 points if he goes over there, which is absolutely fine for center wing. Um, I- I'm holding Stags. I-, I know that he's going to come good. He- he's just too good a player to not um, not find the try line over the coming weeks. He was half an inch away from 32 being 60, despite having about five runs. So... For that reason, games against the Cowboys coming up, then the Warriors before the draw gets tougher. I'm just – he's a hold for me. If he was 550 or 600K and going to plummet cash, then you'd be worried. But at 430K, I'm just happy to ride it and back him in to come good, Spy. Yeah, I don't own him. Um, I was a very reluctant non-owner to start. It's worked out all right so far. But despite everything, I'll, I'll probably have him in the next couple of weeks. He's, he's just too good. I feel like I've got away with something so far. If I can, I can move someone to him in the next week or two, I probably will, to be honest. He's, he can play. Spy, Calatel Moan was a bloke that I was tentatively buying in the preseason. 284K, stunk it up week one. Round two, 49 against the Panthers. You take that every day of the week. Looking pretty good. More importantly, the Dragons are looking pretty good, so job security is solid. Um, where do you sit on him, mate? You're a non-owner. Is he someone that interests you? He definitely interests me. Um, as you said, 50 against Penrith. He put on a nice little short ball for a try when one of the Penrith wingers or centres went off. So it's a quick reshuffle. He took advantage of that. But I think he's a middle ground sort of buy. He could really kick on potentially or he could just make you a bit of cash and be a bit of a loiterer on your bench. So I'm a little bit torn on which way to go. Uh, but if there's someone I didn't like in my side, he'd be a nice little transfer just to at least make that money but he has a lot of potential he could kick on to 450 500 if owners get lucky what do you reckon on Amone yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of him I, I was he was pretty much locked into my side to start the season but I took him out last minute um just because I was I felt like I was overloading on the dragons but I, I backed the dragons in pre-season to come out and compete against these top teams like the Panthers and they did they they probably should have won that game um just re-watching it but um, I think, yeah, with Lomax outside of him, Lomax, gee, he's looking really sharp to me. Um, even after that sin bin, he still managed 50 points. Mm-hmm. I think he had about negative 20 
Um, mm. And yeah, Lomax is definitely looking like a center wing keeper and Telltale Moan's right inside him. So I think he's going to go real well. Spy, Nico Hines, talking point of the week. I believe he's the most traded in at this point. Uh, a bloke that I'm happy to say I got it wrong in the preseason with him. Got it wrong in a super coach sense. I don't think I got it wrong in an NRL sense. I called that moving to a new club, that he'd be clunky in attack. It would take time to form his combinations. I think the Sharks have been extremely clunky in attack. I've seen a lot of Nico Hines' moves, uh, the timing being off, um, a lot of things not working out. What I underestimated was just his sheer uh, keenness, I suppose you'd call it, to be on the ball and to be involved with everything. Game finished on the weekend, I'm thinking, you beauty, Nico, 60-odd points. I can cop that as a non-owner at, at top dollar. Had a bit of a look into it. One try assist, two try contributions, one co- one conversion among with, uh, I think it was about three missed. 25 tackles, five tackle breaks, forced dropout, three effective offloads, three line break assists, 10 runs. Mate, there's a player that screams to mind with stats like that, accumulating in every category, and it's Nathan Cleary. Very different players, very similar super coach workloads in that sense. How keen on Nico Hines are you? Incredibly. Um, he's just the new accumulator. And on top of that, I absolutely love him, so that doesn't hurt either. Mm. Um, the issue for me is how do I get Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary into yep. my side because I want them both. As I said, Cleary is my priority. A big Fafita downgrade could potentially free up cash for both, maybe. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens, which means Sammy Walker would have to go. But I've got a really big decision there. Um, whether I wait and do it this week, I, I could, and then just build up to Cleary from there. But very, very keen on Nico. I think he's brilliant. End games upcoming against the Dragons, Knights and Tigers before facing Melbourne and Manly, but you know games have to get tough eventually. Um, Desi, what are you for Nico Hines, mate? Because I'm in a similar boat to Spy. I want him, but I'm not trading Teddy or Pappy for him. You know, I'm eyeing off the Cleary trade in a couple of weeks. We've got Sammy Walker at halfback who I'm happy with. Um, I don't see really where I can fit him in. What, what's your take? Are you trying to get him in sooner rather than later or, or where are you Yeah, at? I'm the same as Spy. I think Kynes is a massive target, but realistically, if you're going to get Cleary, you can't have Hines. Um, he's, he's a massive upgrade on Sam Walker as much as... I like Sammy Walker. He's just he's no Nico Hines, and if, but yeah, with that draw they've got Dragons and Knights. It, it sounds good on paper, but Dragons and Knights are playing well. They're, they're not yeah. the same teams as last year, so the draw is a bit deceptive when you look at it. Um, I think this week against the Dragons, we'll see what Hines is made of if he really is going to be a keeper in that position. Desi Jake Clifford. Like we didn't speak about really in the preseason for obvious reasons because he wasn't that good at Supercoach and he was a solid footballer. Man, he's been fantastic to start the year. Scores of 68-70. The Knights are winning games. He's kicking goals, playing great footy, uh, available as dual 5'8 halfback. Could he be the answer to our woes at 5'8 for anyone who can't afford Cam Munster? 405k, neg four break even. He looks pretty good, and the Knights, after this week against Penrith, I mean, you'd have to get him this week with the break even, but is he a realistic buy, or is it red flags? No, I think you can get him. He, he looks fine. He's, he's got the kicking, um, and he's accumulating, as, as Spy says. It's a, it's a very valuable asset to have, um, just being able to get those force dropouts, the kicks, the line break assists. They just they all add up, and he looks perfectly capable, to be honest. Um but I think just for 40k more, you'd much rather Dylan Brown um, in that 5'8 role 
because he's just taking the line mm. on a lot. And D-Bags was looking on point, wasn't he, boys? D-Bags. We all own D-Bags, and D-Bags was good on the way. And speaking of the the buzzword of the podcast, accumulator, far out, just it looked like he did nothing. Stack of runs, just accumulated in a lot of different areas and pumped out 68 effortlessly. I'm a no on Clifford only because plays Penrith, Cronulla, Manly, Dragons, Eels, Storm, uh, Knights, too good for a horrific rooster side in round one, almost too bad to be true, and then a horrific Tiger side in round two. So no knock on the Knights. They couldn't have done any more than they did, but it's a tough run coming up, and I'm just not sure. I think I prefer D-bags, but again, the numbers are there. He's playing good footy, so you know could do far worse than him at the moment. Spy Jackson Hastings going to the judiciary, I believe it's tonight, to fight a two-game charge. Um let's say, hypothetically speaking, he doesn't get off that tonight and he misses two or three games, pretty well owned. I think he's maybe 28-odd percent, awkward price of 250K. Tigers belted on the weekend. He still scored pretty well with, I think, about 48 points. Would you be selling Jackson Hastings or holding on? I'd sell him for the right option. Um, I don't own, so I haven't looked into it, but I think the way the Tigers are going... He played really well. He had a few darts out of dummy half, very sharp, but I'd prefer someone else, especially if he's going to miss time. Um, I think it's probably time to move him on. But for the right person, don't just do it for no reason. Otherwise, you can sit him on your bench for a little bit if you need to. And, Spy, the last one we'll talk about in Hot Topics for this week is Big Bad Viliami Kikau. Another one that I wrote about in the preseason saying probably is a value proposition not worth a go in the sense that... Um, you know, he's attack reliant as far as elite back rolls go and needs though the, the try scoring and the, the off uh should I say try assist and that sort of bolster up his score. Knew he was capable of it, but needed to see him do it. Two rounds in, he has done it and looked bloody good doing it in the process. Two scores of eighty seven, five hundred and nineteen K. Can he keep it up spy and is he worth a, a bit of a buy or are you a bit worried on the weeks where the attack doesn't come that he won't score well enough? Yeah, 70-odd weekend, 70-odd minutes on the weekend as well. Um, I think he fits that perfect mould of someone. You can't do this with everyone, but someone who you can just jump on, take his quick cash, hope for a couple of upside scores there. Again, if you bring him in and he goes 90-90 or 110 and 60, you're absolutely laughing all over the bank. Then you decide whether you, you drop him later for someone else and cash him in or hold on. But, geez, playing good footy. He just looks really, really hungry this year. Really fit and strong. Um, Cleary will return. He does like to go out the back a little bit, Cleary. But, I mean, Kikau will get his runs the way he's playing. Um, I'm not against this week going for Fita to Kikau and just banking that cash and hoping for a score or two uh, before reassessing down the line. Desi, what's your take on big Billy Kicks, yeah, mate? Yeah, I, I really rate him. He's looking sharper than ever, ever to me. Um, it just a, a shout-out to last year's champ, Tim Moody. Put He whacked the C on Kikau this week. <laughs> Absolute madman. Yeah, yeah. Absolute oh, madman. And he's yeah, paid off for him. So good. Oh, boys. Hey, guys. Topsport.com.au if you like a punt. Go and check them out. If you do, use the code SC Playbook if you're going to link up with them. Touched on it last week, but offering player performance markets this season. Absolutely stoked about it. Basically, uh, that revolves around fantasy sports scoring. Not identical to Supercoach, but, um, you know, Points per try, try assist, that sort of stuff. We've been waiting for this one for a while. Uh, so if you're keen on it, we drop our previews of those markets of a Friday afternoon across our social media channels. If you're doing so, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. 
Boys, round three trades and skippers. Spy, we've touched on a few already, but what are you looking at this week for, for your side? Mate, I'm all up in the air now with the Brandon Smith news. Oh, Josh King was going to be a lock-in for me. Um, we got options on Fafita to go to kick out or even Taylor May and free out like 500k. Um, I'm going to have to get back to everyone in a few days because there's also the option to do nothing. I'm pretty happy with my side. Uh, more trades you save, the better off you're going to be. But I'll just look, whatever I do do, it'll look to make a little bit of cash and I'm feeling pretty strongly about Nico as well. So there is a chance I cut my man Sammy Walker for Nico Hines uh, or even upgrade uh, Brad Snyder to Nico. Could be an option as well. So there's a bit going on there, um, but it will take me a few days to really get my head around what I want to do. But options are plenty. I'm sick of this blasphemy around my boy Sammy Walker. Spy, what about your skippers? Uh, well, it's going to be week. Harry Grant. Tough week. So, I, again, I don't know. Now, I was going to go Harry. Um, <sighs> South Warren a bit, but Teddy was pretty hot last week. So maybe Teddy. Um Oh, it's a tough old week on skippers, isn't it? Even even though I'm looking to drop for feeder, I'd still nearly have another crack at him. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. If I hold on to him. So, yeah, so it's just one of those weeks. It could all end up pretty even, but if you can nail a bike that goes 90 or 100, um, there you go. Nico Hines, he could be an option for play him. It's all happening. I'm absolutely rattled, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a bit to rattle a spy. Yeah. Um, Desi, what about you, mate? What do you think? Yeah, I was also thinking about saving all my trades again, much like Spy, but um, yeah, I think Simpkin has got to go to styling um, for one. Um, just that, that hooker position, a little, little bit of an issue, but Simpkin got 52 points on the weekend. That was fine. Did his job. Now I can move him on to styling. Um, Pullamore, I'm thinking of maybe trading out to, to King, Josh King, that is. But yep. I think maybe Angus to Joshy Curran, who we haven't really talked about, but gee whiz, he looked good. He could have gone absolutely huge yes. um, on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was, he was ball playing in, in that 13 role was really good. So I can see him getting some try assists. He just seems to be able to get that arm free pretty close to the line. So I can see him getting some little cheeky little offloads to, um, to the Warriors um, outside backs. Um. So yeah, probably probably bring in Curran for Angus at this stage. Um, and last trade, I'm thinking of maybe doing Billy Smith because I don't know he's just not looking that great at the moment. Um, to Taylor and May, so I might use my super trade on those three. Mm, yeah, fair enough. I'd be a little bit hesitant with Billy Smith playing on the wing for the Roosters. He gets through South Sydney this week, Desi. Then faces the Cowboys, Broncos, Warriors, Dragons, Bulldogs, Titans. There has to be points there, mate. Even if he's not a play in your seventeen each week. Yeah, th- there'll be points there, but I just yeah, he's not really tackle busting in any of his runs, which is exactly what I've wanted to see from him to start the season. Mm. Um, just the the lack of tackle busting. Give, give him a week, does he? Give him a week. Yeah, because Jesus is busy on the weekend, but he'll come good. Yeah, open. but I'll see you. The other option is obviously selling Tyrrell Sloan, who. Scored 26 with a try, which is like just absolutely zero base stats wow. to him. But he, he does look sharp, Sloan, and I, I still think the Dragons can use him a bit better. Maybe he's just finding his feet there. Um, Lomax is obviously running around to that left-hand sweep play for the Dragons, acting as second fullback, which is probably taking a, a few points out of Sloan as well, which, yeah, may, maybe he has to go. Um, but, yeah, at this stage... 
I think I'm going to slap the VC on Paps and the C on Fafita. Since everyone's still on Fafita, I'm going to captain him. Mm. That's just how you, that's yeah. how you super coach. <laughs> the man's been there and done it. He's got a title to his name. So how can we disagree? Uh, mate, the general consensus here, I think, rattled because the Starlings are the same with the news of Harry Grant, who I was looking at, at skippering there. But trade-wise, you know, Brandon Smith back worries me with Josh King. Originally, I was thinking Russell out. I've really wanted to get um, Targo from second row down to centre wing, and I thought this would be my, my avenue. Jai Arrow from front row forward down to second row forward, which isn't ideal, but it would have allowed me to get Josh King in. Still might go that way. There's a lot of dual going on there, if you want to ever know the value of dual positioning. Uh, decisions to make, because I'm not as crash hot on Josh King with the news of Brandon Smith. Uh, the rest of my trades, I'm basically, my, my thought process at the moment is, do I sit, I've currently got 250k um, in my bank, probably about 300k if I pull that tr- the trigger on that trade as well. So I'm just looking ahead to Turbo and Cleary. Um, building a bank for them guys to go whack, whack in a couple of weeks' time or do I want that money sitting there for that long when I can do it now? I'm looking at guys. As far as captains go, again, I was looking at Harry Grant, but now that he's out, you know, Pappenhausen be the Eels. The Eels, I, I believe from memory, might have knocked Storm off both times last year, was it? Um, you're down in Melbourne, bit of a concern. Uh, I'm with you, Desi, in Fafita, that everyone jumping ship, you kind of go, oh, there's, he's ready to fire and answer some critics, I reckon, Fafita, and it could be any week now. Uh, anyway, we'll wait and see there. But a few decisions to be made and a little bit on the fence here with a few. Boys, let's jump into a few questions and then we will wrap it up for the week. Question from Matt. Currently have Haas and Stefano at starting front row with both Kings on the bench. Based on the performance performances of the Kings, is it viable to run a King as the second starter for a few weeks and downgrade Stefano to free up cash? Spy, what do you think? Well, I'm in that same boat. Um... I've got Stefano. I know he can be a lot better than the weekend. He was pretty good against Melbourne round one. He dropped a ball over the line on Sunday, which hurt. And the Tigers got monstered, so he didn't end up playing the last 10 minutes. I'm willing to give Stefano another week just to see how things roll. Um, But I'm not against, again, now the Josh King stuff hurts because I was going to say Josh King is a good option to plug that front row, but his minutes are a concern. Mm. I'd nearly just sit a week. I think it's just fraught with danger, and you can do it next week if you need to. Yeah, I also was going to recommend, yeah, just plug Josh King in there. As you said, I spoke, I think, in the final preseason podcast about finding another front rower to plug that front row forward gap. Josh King could have been the answer until this Brendan Smith news. Um, anyway, hindsight's a great thing. But, yeah, a bit of a concern now. Desi, question from Dan. Is it too much having Grant, Pappy, Munster, and Coates in your side, or even – or should he even it out with someone like Hines instead of Munster? Uh, I don't think so. I think Melbourne are just relentless and they'll continue scoring well. Munster's just a different breed. He uh, he just racks up all those base starts, tackle bar, soft loads by himself, um, irrelevant to what Melbourne's doing around him. Um, Grant and Paps, you can just always have. They're, they're absolute locks. And Coates, I mean, I don't have Coates. He's not an but you can definitely have him. He's scoring tries, and he will continue to score tries. So I see no problem running four Melbourne players. Mm. Touched on this plenty of times this year already, but look what those players averaged last year, that the Storm spine. I think they were just about all over 70, and then you add in Jerome, uh, who was it, Brandon Smith, who, who played a bit of hooker and lock, who did similar. So, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but they were well-fed last year, and there's no reason why it can't happen again. 
Spy, two bucks we haven't touched on today. Question from Ross Mann. Both super viable options in the back row. Would you trade in Tyson Frizzell or Hamole Olakaatu? Both looking good. Frizzell in particular, he's pumping at huge base and I think he's averaging about 79 across the opening rounds. Yeah, both viable. I had um I was looking up this as we were chatting before and my phone died, so I don't have a great answer for you. But I think with Frizzell, with his average early, again, he's gonna make cash and turn into a possible keeper type guy. I'd probably get him. Olakawatu is really good and young and talented. Um, but I think you know what you get with Frizzell. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, as I said, with the phone just dying. But just maybe just get Frizzell, take his money, see how he goes. If he peters out a little bit down the line, you can then sell him to someone hot uh, from there. But maybe Frizzell out of the two. Jesse, here's one for you because I know we chatted about him over the weekend. He scored across the line there. Question from Ben. Is Greg Marju worth the risk? Break even 31, average 69 points. Might hold Corey Thompson out of the side on form? Question mark. What are your thoughts on Marju? I really like him. I, I, he's not going to hold Corey Thompson out there. Corey Thompson Correct. is an absolute weapon. Um, he was killing it last year. Had some absolute monster scores in Supercoach. But Marju is really good. Um, if he can maybe kick someone else out, uh, maybe... Um, they can shift, yeah. they can shift Sammy to Philip Sammy to center if they want and um and drop out uh, who have we got at center who are the centers of the Titans this week Brian Kelly Patrick Patrick Herbert could drop out if they wanted to move Sam, Sammy to center so yeah, yeah I think he'll he could potentially take Herbert's spot um I think he's significantly better player and the coach should be able to see that he's just in his super coach game yeah absolutely must have if he stays um stays in the team. He's just tackle-busting every run, and his work rate is super high. The issue, Spy, with Marju, we know he can score tries, but we know he can let him in as well, and that's why we haven't seen more of him in the NRL. There was a try on the weekend, I believe it was Marcello Montoya, and Marju just bit on the on the centre or the fullback or whoever it was, didn't need to do it, and let in a really easy try. It was an absolute coach killer, uh, and... That's why I think Percy, there's just too big a job security issues around him. What do you reckon? Sorry, boys. Uh, I I agree t- entirely. Um, there's a reason he's not a lock-in first grade winger week in week out. We know what he can do in attack, but there's concerns around his defence and and whatnot. So I, I haven't even looked at him to be honest. Um, I want someone locking down that spot, and I think there's some good centres out there. So yeah, not for me. Spy question from Trent Dixon. Uh, an interesting point. Um, albeit brief. <clears throat> Hard-working centres are last year's wingers with upside. Is there a stat on where tries are being scored this season so far? We don't have it on us. It hasn't gone out to the sideline very much this year. What's your take on that? Hard-working centres v last year's wingers. A few that spring to mind there. Dane Gagai, massive base stats. Campbell Graham's base has been exceptional this season. Is Trent Dixon onto something, mate? He's onto something early, but I just don't think it holds, potentially. I've always been a fan of wingers. Because just the way the sweep plays run with fullbacks these days, they're so much more likely to hit the winger for try scoring opportunities. Uh, I think once the weather dries up a bit, if that ever happens, it could rain for another five years the way it's going. Um, once it dries up, I think wingers come to the fore again. Um, I, I don't love centres. That's my short answer. Um, I, I prefer wingers as a whole. But look, we'll see. Things could unfold differently this season. The rain hangs around. But yeah, for me, I'm a wingers man. What are your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, just quickly on that. I, I thought Alex Johnson could have gone over for a hat-trick against Melbourne um, if Sass had held on to the pill. So, obviously, the wet weather's making it yes. difficult for wingers right now, definitely favouring centres. But once that rain goes away, AJ probably <laughs> scores 150 in that game and Cody probably scores 100. 
but instead they, 100%. Yeah, instead they scored, yeah, basically nothing. Yeah, I agree. Spy, I'm going to tie in two questions here. One from Johnny Ashkay. Do you think Kiri is a pick and forget? Lots of people tipped him for Dalliem. Boy, oh boy, he looked good last week in a that Roosters outfit. I tell you what. I'm not going to get into too much detail here because we don't have enough time, but Kieran and Sammy Walker, I've never seen two like roving sort of 5'8 halfbacks jumping across the both the field, both sides. Uh, it's madness. Then you've got Teddy roaming as well, Victor Radley playing the, the link man in the middle. They're clunky, but when they work out what the hell they're doing out there, it, I get so excited watching them every week. Uh, but yeah, so first thoughts on Cleary, and then Jack Reese also asked, after listening to the pod last week, has AJ Brimson become an option at 5'8"? Uh, who set up a try with a cracking line break with his first touch of the game? Spy Kiri and Brimson, just just your short answer. <coughs> AJ was good. Um, I think Brimson could come into the fold, but much like my answer, what I'll say with Kiri here is the quality of halves in Supercoach this year. Are they going to be in that top echelon? I have my doubts. They'd probably be maybe a tier below. Uh, my tip is I wouldn't be getting either of them in, but if you own. One of them, definitely hold on and see what happens. But I'm, I just don't know if they're worth a trade. I think there might be some better options out there. Hey, Desi, Big Rog asks, Hiku or Dom Young? Now, I mean, Hiku we've already spoken a little bit, so I don't think we need to go in. You can give him your thoughts on who you would take out of the two. But Dom Young is a guy who, who piques a little bit of interest despite a few tough games for the Knights. 339K, neg 25 break even, base of 28, not too bad this season. Do you like Dom Young or does he look like a bit of a trap to you? Yeah, they both look like traps to me, to be honest. But out of the two, mm. I'd rather Hiku. I just think he's more tried and true. And then there's a question. There was a lot of surprising amount of questions um, on Teague Wilton. Stratosphere Building asks, will Teague Wilton's minutes remain and is he a viable starter? Uh, so I believe he's suspended this week for one round. Great footballer, Teague Wilton. I, I really do rate him. Runs a great line, big work ethic and all that. Uh I just think Wade Graham comes back into the fold. I saw Jackie Williams, who's more of a middle forward, obviously. Uh, he comes back. He's been named on the extended bench and likely earns a spot back on the bench for the Sharkies at some point. Look, I don't mind him, but I mean, we can take a seal on him this week and not not playing for the Sharks at this or not at this stage is not. Um, I just think there's there's question marks around job security. Maybe he wins a spot based on form, but again, lots of ifs and buts. Boys, let's wrap it up there for the day. A busy Tuesday afternoon as usual. Spy, thank you very much, mate. Cheers, boys. And Desi, likewise. Yep, cheers, boys. Have a good one. <laughs> Righto, guys. Thanks for tuning in and good luck in Supergoats Round 3.